0: Hi, I'm Joaquin Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. I pray that Jesus ministers to you through today's message and that you are blessed deeply. If you're encouraged, please like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our weekly sermons. Enjoy the message. All right, well, how many of you were expecting Joaquin to be preaching this morning? Yeah. (laughs) Well, um... Wanted to let you guys know, they gave me a call this morning. One of the family members, um, when they had their family Christmas, tested positive for COVID this morning. And just out of caution and just to be respectful, they wanted to make sure that they kept their distance and didn't infect anybody. So they are actually at home, probably watching right now. Hello, hello. But they they send their, their blessings, their love, wish they could be here with everyone, And they just want to wish you guys a very Merry Christmas. So God bless to them. And we're going to see what happens this morning. How many of you are ready for something a little different? I don't have that planned. So um, it's kind of an interesting thing. My laptop was charging for the message I just wrote a few minutes ago. Well, why don't you guys just put your hands out in front of you. Because really the only thing that we need is him. We just need his presence. We need his nearness. And we have his promise that he's never far away. But God, right now, I just ask you to come. Bring something fresh and something new, God. As much of our awareness is on you right now, we know that there's so much more available. So, Father, we just ask you to come. Touch us this morning, God. Refresh us. Speak to us. Breathe on us this morning, God. Yeah. Mm, Jesus' name. All right, you may be seated. Oh, you know, um, it's kind of funny God, God does things, because I, I was reading a couple passages the last couple days that feel like they fit for this morning. Um, I was reading in <laughs> where Moses encountered the burning bush. How many of you love that story? One of my favorite parts about it is the reality that the bush was burning, and that's not uncommon. Out in the middle of the desert, in the mountains, bushes catch on fire, and they burn. But it was the, the verse that says, but he turned and looked to see that it burning, but did not burn away. It was his awareness and his ability to say, in the normal sea of life and things that happen every day, I'm actually turning to see, is there something else going on there? And when he did is when he was invited by God to have an encounter. See, we have things going on every day of our lives. The normal things that happen in and out of our lives all the time, they're actually invitations of God waiting for you to turn and look. They're more than just day-by-day things. They're God waiting for you to just turn your attention to him. And when he did, he was able to have a personal encounter with God that changed not only his life and his family's life, but an entire nation's life and generations to come. So if you think about the weightiness of what God's inviting us into is that when you and I turn and see God in a normal thing that happens in our day, we could be impacting our family, A nation and generations to come just from a moment of awareness in his presence. No pressure. But what a beautiful invitation from the God of all creation. He doesn't need us, but He chooses us. He can do whatever He wants whenever He wants. But he waits for us to become aware so that he can partner with us to actually do something that changes a world. You're that important. You're that special. And he actually trusts you that much that he wants you to actually be what changes the world. Hmm. So... Since I'm not normally good at giving titles to my messages, we'll put God as the center and source. God is our center and our source. You know, when we face challenges, we need to rely on God to be our strength. How many of you would agree with that? I mean, most of us have coping mechanisms that we find. I'm not, I'm not excluding myself. Most of us have coping mechanisms to find strength in hard times. We don't always go to God first. I feel like that's somewhat the weakness of man is that we sometimes find things that build ourselves up and strengthen us in times of trouble, in times of fear, in times of challenges. We find things that we use to strengthen ourselves. But God is our center and our source. And we're supposed to go to him for those times. Psalm 46 is God is our refuge and our strength. He is, not he could be, He would be, if you asked, not sometimes if it's a good day for him. He is our refuge and our strength. So no matter what we're going through, no matter when we feel weak, we always have a refuge and a strength to go to. But God can't only be our strength. He has to be our standard. He has to be the standard in which our lives are lived by, in which our lives are known for. What does your life speak loudest? If two people are like, hey, have you ever met that person? What's the first thing they say? Oh, yeah, he's a, oh, yeah, she's a, is it your career? Is it a personality trait? Is it a status or is it that you're a surrendered person of God and the thing that you're known for, the standard of your life actually speaks Jesus above all things? We can't be standardized by a broken world and allow it to determine who we will and will not be. So if our standard is set by culture and society... We're actually lowering who we're designed to be to become one that we're supposed to actually influence. I hear a lot of, especially in the younger generation, but I hear a lot of people say, well, Jesus was with this type of person. Jesus was with that type of person. He was lower and went to these places, yes, but he went as an influence, not as one to be influenced. I want to be in the world so that the world can be impacted by who's in me. I'm not of the world. The world doesn't define me. The world doesn't set my standard, doesn't set my culture. The world is impacted by it. This is a beautiful truth. 1 Peter says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. A holy nation. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Every one of you in this room right now is royalty. You are co heirs of a kingdom. You're actually half here. I know some of the spouses are going, I told you. (laughs) Some of you are only half here. Why? Because we're seated in heavenly places. We are co-heirs. We are seated with Christ. At this very moment, you're seated with Christ. Yes, you're sitting in that chair, but you are seated with Christ. What perspective is most evident in your mind right now? Are you more aware of a God in a bush or a bush that's burning? That'll determine what seat you're actually most aware of. The one that you're sitting in right now or the one that you're sitting in right now. You know, I, I'm guilty of this, but I'm really getting tired of pastors and preachers, me included, that keep saying, man, hasn't it been a really rough season? It's been a hard couple of years. How many of you are a little tired of hearing that message? Yeah. How about we actually change the script? Aren't you excited for the opportunity God's presented in the last two years? Aren't we actually excited that God has actually allowed the world to flip upside down so that the kingdom could be revealed in a way it's never been seen before? Now. I've had a rough couple of weeks. Those of you that are very close to me know some of the stuff I've been going through. It's been a direct attack on my life. God is my refuge and my strength. Have I felt that every moment of every day? No, and I have amazing people that have helped remind me. But what an opportunity for God to be glorified. Because when I'm in the midst of what I'm under and I step out and say, but to him breathe the glory, and he is still in control, and I still worship him with all that I am, I actually demonstrate the possibility of living from a place of joy instead of towards a place of joy. Are we living from a place of joy or towards a place of joy? Are you working from a place of breakthrough in your life or working towards one? Now, I know a lot of you are like, oh gosh, there's things that I just still haven't seen yet. No, but sit in a different chair and look at the perspective. They're already there. How aware of you of God in the bush? You guys okay? This isn't really a Christmas message. Should somebody start singing Merry Christmas something just to get the, no, I think we're good. Okay. I actually love the opportunity that we're being presented with, that we've been presented with, but what we're heading into, because I feel like the unchurched world is getting tired of the same message as well, that this has been a hard couple of years. Everyone knows that. It's not really a secret. You know, you don't walk up and be like, Man, are you okay? Why? Is there something been going on? <laughs> but what they're looking for is why are you filled with something that I haven't found yet? What is it in your life that has made you adjust this last couple of years perspectively that I can't? The world is actually looking for an answer. And they're finding them, but they're finding them in coping mechanisms. They're finding them in other things that are disguising themselves to be in a place of joy. They're actually looking for something, and they'll find something if they're not presented with the truth. A lot of times we feel like being an evangelist means standing on a table, preaching the gospel, and making sure that people pray right then and there or raise their hands. Sometimes the greatest evangelism is you living a life that reflects Christ and them saying, what is it in you that I need? Because how many of you know that, and this is not just a Christian thing, but how many of you know that verbal words is a very small part of how we communicate? What if your communication wasn't anything that they normally list and it was spiritual? What if the loudest Words coming out of your life were nonverbal, verbal non-expressive, but they were spiritual. And they were so evident that everyone around you said, whenever you come near me, I feel different. Something in your life impacts who I am when you're near me. That when you're near me, I don't worry anymore. How many of you have ever met those people? I often have met people that aren't even Christians, but when I'm around them, I'm encouraged. See, spiritual truths are spiritual truths, regardless on if they know how to point to the right destination. So when somebody carries a spirit of joy, it's contagious. When somebody carries a spirit of confidence and a spirit of love, it's contagious. You can feel it. When you know it's the right place is when they actually direct it to a source rather than themselves. So are you creating an atmosphere around you that when people get near you, they're like, I feel different. Why? And then you get to say, let me introduce you to my friend. First Thessalonians, let joy be your continual feast. How many of you want to feast on joy? That just sounds good. I wonder what joy tastes like. All of us had a thought. Every one of you was like, somebody was, a lot of you were mentioning dessert. We're in Texas, so a lot of you were thinking of meat, just different meats. Make your life a prayer. And in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. If you were to be honest right now, how many of you would question the way God sees you right now? funny i'm waiting for one or two hands because it's it's kind of like that a couple people raise and then people like oh okay good it's not just me (laughs) i go through that fairly often we need to quit thinking that that questions in our lives that concerns that even fears are always a bad and shunned thing we experience them but how do we get out of them So if you're questioning, God, how do you see me? That's not a bad thing. You know, we sometimes in a church culture can become afraid to be real about our insecurities. Insecurities aren't bad as long as they don't become fruitful. In my insecurity, do I find my refuge and my strength or do I find justification for my insecurities? I sometimes doubt how God sees me in a moment. Sometimes in a day, sometimes in a week. Does that mean he's displeased or I'm doing something wrong? Maybe, maybe not. But it means I'm questioning. But in my question, am I finding him? This is probably one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. In Numbers, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I don't think there's a time in any of our lives that if we're questioning and we read those words and not read them as text but read them as a spoken promise that you won't be changed or at least encouraged a little more. In fact, I want to, I'm gonna challenge everyone here and everyone listening right now. Numbers 6, 24 through 26 I want you to read that over yourselves and over your family. Parents, read it over your children. Husbands, read it over your wives. Wives, read it over your husbands and your children. What would happen if every day we read those verses over ourselves and our loved ones as promises, not just words, and then we began to believe them so much that our life reflected them? Numbers 6, 24 through 26. I challenge everyone here to read them every day, at least for a week. Let's hit the new year with this being the words on our lips. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace. See, God's plan for every one of us is that we would carry an atmosphere or a culture that reflects heaven in our daily lives. And it's actually the countenance of our face. He wants to see heaven be the countenance of our face. Your face always reflects the atmosphere that you're most aware of. How many of you have ever walked up to somebody and you immediately know, oh, wow, are you okay? Because they're showing, the atmosphere they're showing is I'm not okay. I'm afraid. I'm happy. Whatever atmosphere they're most aware of, it's what's reflected on their face. What if the atmosphere that we reflect, the countenance that reflect was heaven? Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. I remember I used to have a false sense of pride and I would always deflect. Somebody would be like, oh, thank you so much. No, 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 it's it's all God, it's all God. Well, obviously, but he chose you in a moment too. And sometimes the only Jesus somebody will meet is the person standing in front of them because it's on your face that they actually see Jesus. It's in your life that they feel him. It's in your acts of service or your acts of compassion and your acts of love that they witness a demonstration of what heaven's actually like. What is the culture that I'm allowing to occupy my gaze? What's reflecting in my countenance? Is it society? Is it social media? Is it news? Is it heaven? Is it family? The challenge that many of us as believers have is that we put our attention on the same things that unbelievers in the world do and then wonder why the atmosphere around us isn't changing. I can't want to see an atmosphere around my life changed for Jesus if I'm focused on the same thing everyone else is. It has to be more than something we know and believe. It can't just be theology. It can't just be a mental idea of truth. It has to be the overflow of our lives because of the standard and conviction that we live from. God has to be our center and our source. If we allow his word... And his presence. How many of you realize that if you're only doing one of those two, you're off balance? His word will always confirm his presence, and his presence will always confirm his word. If you are so heavy in the word and have no presence behind it, you actually begin to use his word to convict and condemn, and you use it to become judge and jury. And you become prideful and set yourselves apart from people you're supposed to be with. If you are so focused on the presence and you have no foundation of the word, you will get thrown off track because spiritual truths are spiritual truths and the enemy knows them. And it clearly says that the enemy will come as an angel of light. So it's easy to be dissuaded if you're only in presence-based things. You have to have a balance of the word and the spirit in your lives. If we allow his word and his presence to be just good thoughts and ideas, we will begin to use them as tools to argue with people that don't agree with us and to judge people that we don't agree with. When the reality of his presence and culture become more than just good thoughts and ideas, they become the standard and conviction that we live from and it will change the atmosphere and culture around us. Matthew six, this is out of the passion translation. I've heard a lot of people say they love or hate the passion. That's just personal preference. It's a beautiful translation to hear the love aspect of the Bible. I use six or seven translations when I'm actually doing my Bible study, why? Because I don't wanna trust one, but I trust many. They're all foundational but I go through many to find where is God actually speaking in this moment. Matthew 6, our Father dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is fulfilled in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. Is he our center and our source? Is God the thing that we live life from? You know, Christmas is a time that just about everyone puts their attention more towards God, even those that are the one time a year church people. They have a belief in there is a God, but they don't actually live a life that reflects it. But in this time, in this season, just about everyone has more attention towards the idea of God than any other time of the year. Second only to Easter and Christmas. Those are the two times that really it changes things. Christmas specifically. And, and we've, we've become very accustomed to it being a time of family, and a time of getting together. But are we actually doing that with God as the center and the source? Because as much as we have good intentions that this is a family holiday, if we're not including the source, we're actually rallying around something that doesn't honor what the purpose was. Is God, when you gather your family, a topic of conversation, a focus of why you're meeting? Is he honored in by what you're doing? God being the center and our source. I had I've had this vision off and on for quite a while, and I've said it many times about a a tidal wave coming. That that it feels like, and you look, look anywhere in the Christian world right now, people are saying something is coming. Like, God is about to do something that's gonna shake up the world. How many of you have heard that somewhere or another? Like, it's not just a normal, like, ooh, God's about to do something. No, it's, like, scary. God's about to do something. And in some ways, I don't think we can prepare for it, which I'm excited for. I love the idea of being so unaware of the awe of what's coming <laughs> that I can't prepare myself enough for what he's about to do. I don't know how many of you, you know, I don't know how many of you know much about surfing, but I remember when I used to surf in California, you'd paddle out past the wake, just so you can get your arms a break. And then when you, you're watching the sets roll in and they come and then they succeed for a while, then the next set comes and they succeed. Really, really good surfers will sit out there because they know what set they're looking for. They can read the water well enough to where they know, yeah, those are good waves, but I'm waiting for the best wave. But I do remember there's been a couple times when I've been sitting out there with a couple guys and we're talking, 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 and all of a sudden somebody drops down a paddle, you turn and you're hit by a wave because you just weren't paying attention. Sadly, that happened more than it should have for me. (laughs) That explains a lot. (laughs) But there's something about the analogy of watching the sets roll in, but being so unaware of what's actually coming. Because a tidal wave doesn't actually resemble another wave. The water begins to actually subside. It goes down lower, lower, lower because it's the receding of the water before the biggest wave can come. And a lot of people think of tidal waves as only destructive because of the way they've affected our society, because we, we build so close to the shore that when the tidal wave comes, it destroys. But think about what that is. It's a swelling of water to such a thing that it goes farther inland than it's ever gone before. What if that's what God's doing to a generation? That there have been waves of his glory that have hit certain aspects of a generation, but it hasn't hit in as far as it could. And when a tidal wave comes, the water begins to subside, and all the junk that's been sitting right under the surface that you couldn't see becomes very exposed. What if the last couple years has been the water receding and we're seeing all this stuff come up because what he's about to do is crash so hard that it's gonna reach generations that it hasn't been able to reach before? What if we're about to actually encounter something coming from God that is unstoppable and if we're not somewhat prepared, we're gonna be overwhelmed by it ourselves? Are we preparing the people inland saying something's coming? I loved when I was surfing with experienced surfers because they'd tell me, wait, wait, okay, now, get ready. Because they could see things coming that I couldn't see. What if we're the experienced surfers for the ones on the inland saying, I see something that's coming, so begin to be ready. Begin to position yourself to where you're not toppled, you're actually carried by the momentum of what's coming. Because experienced surfers always turn their board in time to catch the wave where some other ones would turn to look and although I caught the wave and it caught me over and over and over and over. What if you're the ones telling people, position yourself for what's coming? Because if you position yourself correctly, God's gonna take you further than you've ever gone before. God's gonna position you to take you into places you've never seen, reach people you've never known. Now I'm getting stirred up. Can I get somebody from the worship team to come up? Why don't you guys stand up real quick? This was gonna be a shorter service. We're gonna end in a few minutes, but let's take time. Most of us, this week right now that we're in between, a lot of us have work, stuff like that, but it's a lower week for a lot of people. It's a slower time. But it's a time where we get to refocus. And let's set some things up in our lives that are actually preparing us for this next year, preparing us for what God's gonna do, rather than actually letting it happen to us. Let's take the time to focus on, I mean, reestablish or even start some personal or family routines? I don't know if you guys were here a few weeks ago when I spoke about just what God's challenged me with, that he's put a movement in my life and it's not on my calendar. I had to restructure some things. I had to get rid of busy so I could be purposed. What if all of us actually took some time and reevaluated where we are and we reengage, started, or even stopped some things that were preventing us or preparing us for what we need to go into? What if we, just as a body, personally, yourselves, or even as a family, which if you are part of a family, I would suggest family, doing things together as a family is a much greater impact than just trying to do it alone. But what if you began to just memorize scripture? Just pick a verse, then pick a section, then pick a chapter, then pick a book, and begin to memorize it. What if the word of God actually flowed out of you instead of something you had to reference? Begin to do projects that you've put off for a while or even just wanted to start. You know, sometimes we don't value ourselves enough to prioritize little hobbies and projects that we need to do, but they could be life-giving. They could be the thing that you need. It's like the... Breath before you go back under the water. Begin to do some outdoor activities. Get outside. Go walking, ride a bike, play games. Begin working out. A lot of times people, are like, I don't have time to work out. No, you don't have time not to. And what if working out was just going out and playing with your family? Enjoying time outside, doing things that are physical and Make you sweat. I would say personally, all of us need to start journaling and writing. I'm just not a writer. Change that. When you write down your thoughts and then you read them as you're writing them, you actually engage so many different aspects of your learning and comprehension and retention. So just begin to write. When you're memorizing scripture, write it down. Write it down again. Write it down again. You'll memorize it so much faster than just reading it. As a family, take time to play games. Take times to, sometimes it takes this, but schedule a meal. Ask people in your family to change their plans. To do something together. And whatever you're doing, put God in the center of it. There's no reason that playing a game or watching a movie or scheduling something can't include God as the center. It's simple conversations, it's simple acknowledgments of His presence because it's always there. Are you aware of a burning bush or are you aware of God in the bush? Make God the center of what you're doing. I really believe that as we head into this new year, I I believe, I believe that this coming year is a year where God is gonna do something so radical. The church is probably gonna be more surprised than the unchurched. Because they're gonna be overwhelmed, but the church is gonna be like, I had no clue. This next year, I feel, is going to be one of the most pivotal years for centuries as far as what God is going to do on this earth. Do you want to ride the wave or do you want to be taken by the wave? Put God as the center of everything that you're doing. All of us have our routines. Begin to look at your life, look at your routines and say, is God in that routine? And it doesn't mean you have to change it, it just means you have to find where he is because guess what? He's there, but are you aware of him in it? Just put your hands out in front of you. Father, I pray right now that your tangible manifest presence would begin to just rest on us, God. Father, I pray that people would begin to feel you in their hands. God, that there's a weightiness of your presence that's coming. Father, I pray for there to be a, a stirring and hunger for your word. God, that all of us that are hearing this right now, that we begin to hunger for your word. That your word truly becomes the bread of life. That no food, no drink could satisfy the way your word satisfies. God, give us a hunger for your word. But God, let us us experience your presence. God, I wanna feel your presence so tangibly and weighty on my body. I wanna know your nearness, but God, I also want your presence to rise up Father, your spirit is inside of me and I want it to rise up and, and push out the things that have dampened my senses, God. That your presence allows me to become more aware of you in every situation. Hmm. I thought of this early and just as I was praying I really feel like this is very significant for a lot of people. I really believe that this is a now season. A now and what I mean by season is a short short time frame. I believe it is a now time for families to be restored. For lost and those that have never come to know Jesus actually have an awareness and an encounter of who he is and that you will be the place that they gather that they gather around. So father i pray that our lives reflect the kingdom they reflect heaven so much that all of our family members that have either never known you or have gone astray, that they're drawn back in and that we become a place of solitude, of sanctity, God. We become a place that they can come for refuge because we actually embody your presence, God. And that when they come, we have love, we have forgiveness, we have compassion. God, we demonstrate the kingdom realm that our countenance is a reflection of your love for them, God. Father, I pray that you bring back the prodigals, you bring back the lost, you bring back those that have never known. And Father, right now, we break off the assignment of death over any family member right now in Jesus' name. We break off that assignment of death. You will not have them until they have come to see the glory of the Lord. So, Father, as we turn our affections to you, as we allow our face to reflect the atmosphere we're most aware of, God, as we begin to see heaven more clearly than we've ever seen it before, hmm. I want to speak this out as a challenge, but also a place that I'm I'm in myself. God, expose all areas of our lives. As we begin to look upon heaven, I pray that you would reflect and shine in the areas of our lives that you are not there. That you begin to bring all things into the light and all things of truth come to the surface, God. Father, I pray nothing hidden in your sight, God, and that we become free and transparent. God, you are looking for a bride without blemish. So, Father, Cleanse us. Let us be cleansed. Let us be free from any type of hidden thing that we may be in your presence perfectly and without hindrance. And that those around us feel an unblemished presence. Jesus' name. What I want to do is I want to open up the front. You know, in this week, this holiday season, Christmas is such a beautiful time to turn our affections to God, turn our affections towards our family. But in this time there's also people that have experienced loss and it's a difficult season for some people. Because they're reminded more of what isn't than what is. So if you're if you're going through any type of of challenge, like this this has been a hard holiday for you. I want you guys to make your way up front. Can I have the ministry team go ahead and come on up? All of our ministry team, core team, whoever's here, go ahead and come on up. If you're going through a hard holiday, like this has been a challenge for you, seeing the actual beauty of what's available has been a challenge. I want you to go ahead and come up and we're gonna pray for you. If you have felt like, God, you've been in my life, but you have not been my center. You have not been my source. God, you've been a part of what I do, but you're not all of who I am. I want you to go ahead and come up too. And we wanna pray with you. If you just don't think that you have that type of relationship with God, that God isn't your Lord and your Savior. If you've never known him the way that I'm talking about or the way that your peers may know him, I want you to come up as well. And lastly, if you are one of those that has a family member, that when I started saying that the families are coming to know him, the prodigals, those that have never known him, those that are lost or walked away, if you have a family member that you are just like, God, I know you want them here, that today is the day that I partner with someone and we proclaim them into the kingdom, I want you to come up as well. And we're going to partner with you on that. And we're just going to speak their name and we're going to pull on the promises of heaven that they will come home to know him like they've never known him before. If you guys are going to stay here, I encourage you to head out into the lobby. We've got some things out in the lobby for you guys. Um... I want to keep the sanctuary really set up for a place of ministry. But Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. God bless all of you. We love you so much. We love our church family. We just pray that you have an amazing end of 2021 and that 2022 comes with promises fulfilled. In Jesus' name, amen.